You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. So this is the uh, this is the last Sunday of 2015, and uh, and uh, of course we're heading next week into into 2016. At this time of year, it's very natural and normal for us to begin to think ahead, right? To begin to think into we've we've done Christmas. That's all out the way, and. Um, the holiday season is, is over, and so we're now beginning to think about what might next year hold? What might next year be? What, what might 2016 look like for me and my family and my life? And so what we, what we often do at this time of year, you know, as, as the year passes, we, you know, every year it feels like the year goes quicker, right? Every year it feels like, you know, I'm getting older quicker, and um, my, my time uh, on this earth is going quicker. And, um, and I know many people feel like that. And so what we tend to do this time of year is we tend to really focus in about what, we, what, what do we want to actually achieve next year, you know, because time is running out and time seems to be going quicker. And there's stuff that I want to do that I've not been able to do, the stuff I want to achieve, there's things I want to see, there's things I want to do that I've not been able to see or do yet. And so, ne- so we start to make plans, don't we? We start to make plans for next year. Maybe we'll have goals or resolutions or uh, targets, you know, and we, and, and we maybe write them down, we write them in our journals, we, we kind of stick to them, I want to lose that weight, I want to uh, write that novel, I want to quit my job and, and go full time in the thing I love, I want to take that class, you know, all the things we begin to plan about next year, what we're going to do and what we're going to achieve. And, and how will I make the things around me, the things of my life different, how will I change things? But I feel like as I was approaching this year, um, instead of doing that, I started to, to ask the Lord what he might want to do, what he might want to do in my life and in my heart. And I felt like um, he, 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 was, he, was, he was calling me to something else. And he was calling me not to, to, to plan everything I want to do next year, but to think about who am I becoming? Who am I and who am I becoming? And, and so um, over the last few weeks, I've begun to think more and more about bearing fruit. And what the Lord wants for me in my life is to bear fruit. What the Lord wants for me more than to do anything or achieve anything or change anything, he wants me to bear fruit. He wants me to be fruitful, particularly with the fruit of the Spirit. So today we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit today. We're going to look at that passage in Galatians 5 where... Um, where Paul's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And, and my feeling for myself, but also for us as RCC, is that if 2016 is a year where we can bear fruit, if 2016 is a year where we can bear the fruit of the Spirit, where, where love and peace and patience and, and, and the whole list of them is, is born in our midst, in us as individuals and us as a community, then we will have a great year, Right? If we can bear the fruit of the Spirit in 2016, we will have a great year. So that's what we're going to do. Let's, um, let's pray quickly, and then I'm going to read the passage. So, Holy Father, we thank you for all that you have done in this year. Lord, we thank you for how you've moved and how you've, um, you've loved us and that you have blessed us and that you have been with us. And Lord, as we seek you now for the next year, as we consider what you may want to do, would you, by your Spirit, come and lead us? Would you, by your Spirit, come and do your work? Would you, by your Spirit, form whatever you want to form in us as RCC? Amen. Okay, so Galatians 5, we're going to look at. 
So Galatians 5. Um, I'm going to read uh, the first verse of Galatians 5, then we're going to skip down. Then there's a whole section on circumcision, which we don't really need to look at today. Um, but I want to read this first verse of Galatians 5, because it sets in context um, uh, what comes a little later. Um, and so this is the first verse. It says, oh, I can't read it because of the stars. Hold on. Right here. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. And we're going to skip down to verse 13 where it says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there is no law. In this passage, and actually throughout many of Paul's letters, Paul is making a distinction between two kinds of life. And he's saying there is the life in the Spirit, and then there's the life without the Spirit. He's saying there's the life with the Spirit, and there's the life in the law. Okay, And you can choose which one you want to live, life in the spirit or life in the law. And so he makes these distinctions between these things. There's the spirit and then there's law. There is freedom and then there's slavery. There is fruit and then there's flesh. And the two different lives are the two you get to choose from. You can choose the life of the spirit or the life of the law that comes with slavery and comes with the desires of the flesh. Or you can choose the life of the spirit which comes with freedom and with fruit. And in Paul's early travels, as he sets out on his ministry, he, he goes to this region called Galatia, okay, which is where you know, this letter is written to, to that region of churches, a bunch of churches that he helped establish in the region of Galatia. And uh, th- these churches started really well. Okay? These churches were on fire. They were full of the Spirit, and lots of good things were happening. People were being added to their number, uh, healing, power, love. The kingdom of God was coming through these churches. Okay? And then some years later, um, Paul ends up writing this letter because he has heard that the uh, that the the local religious leaders of, from the synagogues and um, the, the local Jewish leaders are trying to pull back the Christians out of this new life of the Spirit and back into a life of the law. And they're, they're trying to heap upon the law back upon these people. Okay, So they've come out of the law and they've come into the life of the Spirit. And uh, what's happening is they're being dragged slowly back into 
this life. And, uh, and Paul's heard about this, so he writes this letter, particularly this letter. And in, in, in other letters, he does similar things, but particularly this letter is to, written to a, a, a bunch of people who started in the Spirit, who started well in the Spirit, but began to become more religious and began to, to take on things that they had been freed from in previous times. And so uh, in chapter 3, uh, Paul says, um, he, he says very directly to them, you started in the spirit. What happened? Now you are continuing in the flesh. It's like this church, you in your faith, you started in the spirit, but now you continue in the flesh. And in the bit we didn't read in this chapter, he says, what happened? You were going so well. You were going so well. What hindered you? What hindered you? What dragged you back? And in Romans 8, um, uh, Paul says a, a similar thing to, to the Romans, warning them of this. And he says, for you didn't, in, in Romans 8 uh, verse 15, he says, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And in the book of Romans, Paul is warning the Romans of this, what's happening to the Galatians. is like, you have not been given the spirit of fear. You've been given the spirit of God. You are not to slip back into slavery, slip back into law, slip back into religion, slip back into the desires of the flesh, but you are to live a life of the spirit. And so Paul is angry at these leaders and, and, and he's annoyed at the churches for caving in to these religious leaders who are trying to drag them back. Because you see, this is what happens when you begin in the Spirit. When you begin in the Spirit, there is always the temptation and there is always the possibility and the danger of slipping back. And um, we're not very good at diagnosing our own problems, but I, I think that this is something that happens even to us today. This is not just something that happened then. This is something that happens It's not just something that happened, it's something that happens. And what we do is that we take the things of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, and we can quickly slip them back into law, back into religion. And I think we actually, I think the fruits of the Spirit are a fantastic example of that. They're a fantastic example of things which are born of the Spirit, meant to be of the Spirit, but we slip them back into becoming law, religion, new um, standards that we need to attain. Let me tell you what I mean by that. It's easy to think of uh, these nine things. We can put the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit back up from um, the end of uh, the Galatians verse. It's easy to, to read this list of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And think to yourself, well, I don't really have many of those. <laughs> I'm not, how, many of those do I, how many of those do I really have? How many of those do I achieve? I, look, when I measure myself up to that list of nine things, I don't do that well. Okay? I do okay sometimes in some of them. You know? And so, so I did it. I, 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 I measured myself against this list of nine things. So here's the fruit that, that I have or don't have. Uh, love. Not really. Joy, uh, not recently. Peace, no. Uh, patience, I waited, uh, I waited 32 years for a good Star Wars movie, so I'm going to give myself, I'm going to give myself patience. Um, kindness, Emily, no. Okay. Um, okay, it's not good, I'm one for five right, right now. Um, 
goodness, I, I, on a good day, yeah. Uh, faithful, faithfulness, more than most of you. So I'm going to give myself <laughs> that one. Uh, gentleness, next. Uh, self-control. Uh, self-control. But no. Um, so that's three out of the nine I've given myself. And really it's two and a half because goodness, not really. But um, So I've given myself three out of the nine. And so when I look at this and I, and, and I look at how I measure up to this, I feel like, you know, three out of nine. It, three, three out of nine is, is 33%. Point three recurring for you geeks. And 33, do you know what 33.3% is? It's an F. It's a solid, not even close to a D, F, isn't it? That's what 33% is. It's a huge F, and that F does not stand for fruit. (laughs) That F does not stand for faithfulness or freedom. It stands for failure, is what it stands for. Failure. And so, I guarantee that on some level we have done this and we do this with the things of the Spirit and we do this with the fruit of the Spirit is that we read this encouragement, this encouragement to bear the fruit of the Spirit. And what we do is we take our lives and we measure up and we realize we're not good enough and so we think, well, I need to work hard then. I need to work hard. I need to do better, right? I only have three. I really, I have to have nine to kind of at least eight, you know, at least eight, you know, but preferably nine, to kind of hit the spiritual attainment levels required to be a good Christian. Correct? I know you do. And this is what we do with much of the teaching of Jesus and much of the teaching of Paul and Peter in the New Testament is that we, we tend to make it into new laws, new standards for us to attain. But the fruit of the Spirit The fruit of the Spirit is not nine new commandments for us to follow. They are not a series of characteristics for us to collect, like Pokemon. They are are not standards for us to attain. They are fruit for us to bear. And the fruit of the Spirit is fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is fruit, and it is formed in us by the work of the Holy Spirit. Not by what you achieve, not by what you do, not by what you plan, but by the work of the Holy Spirit, according to his will and pleasure. So if they are fruit, if they are truly fruit and not laws, how do they happen? How do they come about? And so I, I come up with, with three things that, that help. Um, this talk has three points. It's, it's like a proper talk. And uh, uh, I've come up with three things that I think help us understand how, how fruit truly comes about and, and what it does. So the first is this, and that is fruit only comes from healthy conditions. Fruit only grows in healthy conditions. In John 15, Jesus is teaching his disciples about this very thing. He's teaching his disciples about how fruit is formed. And he says this in John 15, uh, in verse 4, he says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, 
He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. What Jesus is saying here, clear as day, is that fruit comes from me. Fruit comes from me. It's not a a standard that you are to meet. It comes from me. And the only way you get it is by abiding in me. The only way you bear fruit, the only way this happens in your life is by abiding in me. And the thing about the word abide is, right, it's not a word we use every day, is it, abide? You know, it's not like, oh, where do you abide? Oh, I abide in Riverside. And uh, I've been abiding there since uh, 2011. Um, And I have an abode, which I abide in. You know, we don't, abide is not a word we use every day. And so I think often we can hear the word abide and then we can translate it to live, right? Where do you live? Where do you abide? Where do you live? Okay? So we can think, well, what I have to do is I have to live in Jesus. And there is a sense of that. But the word abide goes beyond living. The word abide goes beyond living and it goes to resting. Right? Resting, remaining. The word abide does not mean simply to live. It doesn't mean to be based in Jesus and then go out and do your thing, right? Oh, I'm based in Jesus and then I go out and do my thing. Like, that's, you know, my home base is Jesus and then I come home to my home base, Jesus, and then I go out and I do my thing. No, it means one thing. Abide means to rest, to remain, to stay. That's what it means. So, what the Lord is saying is if you rest in me, If you remain in me, if you stay with me, then you will bear fruit. Then you will bear fruit. Okay? Think about that. So the the Lord's saying to us, how do you bear fruit? How do you bear fruit? You rest. How do you bear fruit? How do you bear the fruit of the Spirit? How do you become fruitful? How do you have a love, joy, peace, patience, and all of those things? wonderful fruit in your life. How do you have those? You rest. You rest in him. You rest in him. You have not been given the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You have been given the spirit of adoption that says, I belong to the Father. I belong to the Father. And it's as we belong and we remain and we rest in him that fruit is born in our lives. The trouble is we don't really believe that, do we? we do, what we really believe is that it's on us, that we have to do something, that we have to achieve something, we have to maintain standards of spiritualness. But have you ever seen a tree work? Ever seen a tree work? No, they're pretty lazy little things, aren't they? Trees, they just kind of sit there and then they grow and then they're fruitful and then they're fruitful again and then they're fruitful again that's what they do that's what trees do it really is not about what you do it really is not about what you attain it's really not about a standard that you're trying to meet it is about resting and remaining in the lord and the thing is we know this anecdotally don't we because we kind of we know this about church 
And we, we, the way we talk about things, the way we experience things at RCC is really geared towards this, is that we hear this testimony time and time again, where people come to church, right? Come to church at RCC. They experience the Lord, right? So they worship, they experience God, and then they're tr- changed, right? Changed. Transformed. Different, right? I know that's my testimony. It happens to me all the time here. I know that's many of your testimonies because I've heard them. Right? So we know that to be true, but we believe it to only be true kind of about this, don't we? About here. About like, oh, I get changed and transformed when I come into the presence of worship and the music's great. You know, and, and the songs are good and, and I have the presence of the Lord in Sundays. But the Lord is saying, no, remain in me. My presence is there for you always. My presence is there for you tomorrow. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. And so... The presence of God you know and experience here, you can experience outside of here. Not just can, you should. It's there. It's, God is the same. And so it's about remaining in him, staying in him, belonging in him, abiding in him. Fruit comes from healthy conditions, and the healthy conditions is the soil of the Lord. Okay, number two. This is important for, for becoming fruitful. And that is that the fruit is determined by the Father. Fruit is determined by the Father. It is his work, his spirit. It is he, him who does the pruning. He chooses what fruit we bear. Okay? And so... I've always thought, until recently, I've always thought of the fruit of the Spirit as like, as I have to have all of them, right? I, I have to have all nine fruit bearing in my life at once for, for, for it to be good and right, okay? But I feel like that's a new kind of law. It's a new kind of religion that I've put in myself that I don't think the Father puts on us. I think the Father says, if, if I've made you to be an apple tree, bear apples. If I've made you to be an orange tree, bear oranges. If I have made you to be a joyous person, then be joyful. If I have made you to be faithful, be faithful. If I have made you to be kind, be kind. Okay? Now, I think all the things are good. And I think all the things are available to us. And I think all the things we can use and choose in any situation. In any situation, you can choose to be loving, peaceful, patient, gentle, faithful, all those things, okay? You can choose to do them all the time, but I'm not talking about what you can choose or what's available. I'm talking about what you bear. And what you bear means, like, just by being you, you bear a fruit, okay? Just by being you, set in, resting in the Lord, you bear fruit. You, and you may only bear one or two or three of those fruit in abundance, right? And that's okay, Right? That's okay. The Father determines what the fruit is. The Father determines it, not you. Not you. He determines who you are. And why would He do that? Why would He make some of us more kind than others, you know? Why would He make some of us more joyful than others, more naturally peaceful than others, more naturally faithful than others, more naturally self controlling or gentle than others? Why would He do that? And I think it's because so we need each other. And so we learn from each other and we grow from each other and we get the blessing of other people's fruit in our lives of what we're lacking. Okay? And there can, be, there can be a tendency for us to concentrate on the fruit we don't have, isn't there? 
There can be a tendency for us to concentrate on the fruit you don't have rather than concentrating on the fruit you do have and bearing that even more abundantly. If the Lord's made me to be faithful, then what I need to do is I need to go and uh, be faithful. I need to go and be faithful to others, show others how to be faithful, share the fruit that God has given me. And I think this is a far more biblical way of looking at it, concentrating not on what you lack, but what has been given. Not on what you lack, but what on the Lord has shared with you and you are to share with others. And I know this, I know, and we know this to be true, because I can spend all my energy trying to be kinder. But if I just experience the kindness of another, that instantly makes me more kind, right? More than all my trying does, Correct? All my efforts to be peaceful, all my efforts to be patient, I just simply have to be with somebody else who bears that fruit and immediately I am more peaceful and patient, right? Because we have that effect on each other, don't we? We bear fruit and our fruit helps others. And our fruit is for not for you, it's for other people. So the Father chooses what fruit you have. And it's okay. It's okay if, you, if you're not abundantly fruitful in all nine fruit it's not a it's not a law he determines okay and the third thing is this is that fruit carries seeds wherever there is fruit there is seed okay wherever there is fruit there is seed and the thing about the fruit of the Spirit is this, is that, the, is that simply by bearing the fruit, you do much of the work. Simply by bearing fruit, you do much of the work. You know, uh, there's the parable of the sower, and says so the kingdom of God is, is, is like, you know, a sower who sows seeds, and the seeds are scattered, and, you know, and we think, okay, well, well that's it, I've got to scatter seeds, what I've got, to go, I've got to go and do is I've got to scatter seeds, well, that's what, I'm going to go scatter some seeds, I'm just, what, you know, I don't know what that really is, but I'm going to, you know, maybe just tell people about Jesus as much as I can, I'm maybe going to do good things, good, just do some good things, and, uh, and that's how I'm going to sow seed, but I feel like, we miss this, and that is that bearing fruit is the best way to sow seeds. Bearing fruit is the best way to sow seeds. What I imagine and what I want to become as myself and what I want us to become as, as, as his people here in Jacksonville is people where we go out into the city of Jacksonville and we bear fruit. We bear the fruit of love of joy and peace and patience and all the rest. And as we bear that fruit, people say, like, how come this person is so cra- crazy joyful? How come this person is so crazy loving? How come this person is so crazy kind? You know? And by bearing fruit, we sow the seeds. And then we simply say, well, uh, you know, I'm like that because I, I know the Lord. I, I'm like that because I know him. That's... It's not enough of myself. It's not because of my Myers-Briggs personality test. It's not because I'm an extrovert. It's not because, you know, I'm a, a very moral person or I'm, I'm particularly good in it. I know the Lord. That's, that's why I bear fruit. That's, I know him and he's wonderful. And that's why I bear fruit. You see, bearing fruit sows seeds. Bearing fruit sows seeds. That's how nature is. And so to, to achieve, to do, to... to to set forth all the things we want to set forth, really the best way is to bear fruit. And the best way to bear fruit is to remain in him.
Why don't we stand?